Welcome to Talk On To Walk On with Michelle Walters, the podcast that celebrates the power of conversation. In each episode, my inspirational guests will share their own stories, recalling times when conversations have led to pivotal moments in their life journey. You will hear about how those conversations and moments of positive self-talk have encouraged and empowered them to walk on to where they are now. The aim of Talk On To Walk On is to inspire us to use words with each other and with ourselves that will change lives. Let's talk on to walk on and see where it leads. This episode is kindly sponsored by Baltic Bespoke, creators of custom-designed garden rooms and luxury outdoor living spaces. From office spaces to cinema rooms, garden gyms, bars and cosy dens, Baltic Bespoke's modern, fully insulated garden buildings are tailor-made to your requirements. I absolutely love the garden room that they created for me, which doubles up as my studio. A beautiful separate space away from, but part of our home. Check out balticbespoke.co.uk and their fantastic Instagram site. So Kate Hall is not only a queen of business strategy with an incredible entrepreneurial drive, but as her power of conversation stories will demonstrate, she is where she is today, not because of a charmed, easygoing life, but rather as a result of her endless determination, tenacity and resilience. And she's not only been on a business roller coaster, but she's faced an incredibly tough personal journey, um, especially um, since the devastating passing of um, Kate McIver, who was not only the founder of Kate McIver Skin, but Kate's very dear and special friend. Um, Kate passed away from breast cancer in 2019, aged just 30. And Kate is absolutely determined that her legacy will live on. However, my guest also exemplifies how the power of conversation impacts so much on all our lives. And I know know her story combined with her beautiful energy and enthusiasm for life will captivate you today so Kate I'll I'll say again welcome (laughs) to my talk on to walk on podcast so (laughs) let's begin uh, with where you are today and Mm. I wanted you to just sort of briefly set the scene in terms of your role your current role with Kate McIver Skin and tell us about about the brand obviously just to 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 give our audience and listeners a a feel for, for what it is where you are today and how serendipity and and how conversation brought you and the amazing Kate together because you did create a real dynamic partnership didn't yes you? we did and first and foremost I miss her obviously every day because oh. it was like my relationship with Kate started on a plane okay. <laughs> so she was on the way to get married and I was on the way to the same destination with family and friends for a girly holiday and she always said, oh my God, that journey was one of the best journeys I've ever been on the plane because we were all having a drink, we yeah. were all having a laugh, little Lucy was on my knee, she was getting yeah. passed around and we just sort of connected and we were talking in general of different people that we knew Okay. and uh, we said, oh, we'll definitely keep in touch and we did. You know, when you just meet someone and you yeah. know that you'll keep in touch yeah, with there them. Yeah, there's a connection. Yeah, and yeah. Kate was very, you know, uh, personable and, you know, just, you know, just a really loving kind of nature. Yeah. So who struck up the conversation? Where did it start? Oh, I probably did. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was, I'm I'm sure it was you. <laughs> I think Kate was looking at us thinking, look at all these girls going on this holiday, they're crackers, you yeah. know. And um, I was working, actually, I was going over there to do a swimwear shoot as oh, okay. well. 
well because I used to be a founder of a swimwear company, uh, which you know of, yeah. uh, which was called Love Laura. And she was fascinated with that side oh, of things because okay. she was so entrepreneurial and business focused. So yeah. we sort of had a connection because, yeah, because she was interested in business. But I started to, um, I started on a journey of coaching and mentoring by John Haynes, you know, the amazing John Haynes in Liverpool. And um, I was personally going through a difficult time with my daughter's health, Ava. Um, I'd come out of being sales director of a big news company, like the second biggest news company in the UK. And um, the reason why I left there was because Ava was having daily evening fits. The majority of the time she was off school and it was just becoming very difficult and so challenging. was Ava then? So Ava started being unwell and uh, being under the neurological team at Alder Hay from nine. Wow. So I... I'll go into that in a little bit more detail. But what happened with regards to Kate, um, I, I, well, I'd left my role. I was helping my sister-in-law launch her, you know, swimwear we manufactured in the UK. As I say, we were on this plane. We were going to do a shoot in Marbella. When I came back, my sister-in-law decided she didn't want to carry on the swimwear. Okay. I had a sick child and I needed focus. Um, so I decided to do something which I hadn't done for a while because I was out of the corporate world, which trains you constantly, don't they? You know, when you have like sort of the management structure and everything, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go and do some personal development. So anyway, I joined John Haynes's um, coaching academy. I didn't know what to make of it at first. As soon as you walk through the door, it was like all music and he'd be like, get up here, Kato, come on, get up this Well, that would have suited you perfectly. Yeah. Party atmosphere. Well, so just, relax you, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, the, there was just a, a plethora of different characters mm-hmm. in the room. Some people from business, some people just, you know, uh, wanting to do it, you know, had nothing related to business. Um, but he, he just offered so much and his art of com- conversation and his way of communicating through storytelling and being able to put things in relevant context was incredible. And I went through a process and I attended twice a week and it was just phenomenal. And it enabled me through our first conversations with Kate, so my first conversations with Kate, to give it a bit of guidance because at this stage she was um, unfortunately you know, uh, she'd just gone through breast cancer. Okay. So I was just talking to her as a friend, you know, as you do. And, you know, just saying, you know, I'm doing this coaching masters. You you instinctively, it helps with you with your confidence in terms of when you impart that knowledge onto somebody else as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I just think naturally. You want to help. Yeah, um, you know, I am natural empath. I always see the good in someone and think, right, why don't you do this? And give, you know, my encouragement where, you know, some people might not say it, but I just feel like I have to say it. So we were chatting one day and um, she was talking about, you know, what she was creating and stuff like that. And she wanted to make, you know, a move in like sort of establishing a big clinic in, in Chester because she was a phenomenal facialist, you know, really renowned in, in, in her industry. And I said, but why do you want to do that and put all your money and time into that? When really, you know, that time is precious. I, I asked her, obviously, the, the question, you know, what's most important, which is obvious, Lucia is the most important thing, spending time with her. I said, so why don't you think about looking at building, you, you know, your online 
Side of your business, your products and stuff like that. So that's where it all started to have the conversation. So, so there's a really powerful question. What is important to you? And yeah. I think we don't often pause, do we? And actually yeah. ask ourselves that. No. I think we know what's important to us, but we don't actually pause and think if we got the right things in place. Yeah. To, to make sure that what is important to us is at the centre of our world yeah, rather definitely. than on the edge of it, you know. Definitely. And Kate was, you know, yeah. thinking, what next? And I was just guiding her. And then it progressed the conversation. And I, I was saying, you know, I just need to get out of this house. You know, Ava was really struggling. But I was struggling because I just felt like every night I was there watching her fitting. Um, when you say fitting, just uh, what, what did that look like? So it looked like she was having a fit in the bed, movement of the arms, her back. Okay. Would arise. She would be asleep oh and then she would goodness. wake up out of breath, gasping for breath, upset, That's emotional, so and then go back into it and start again. And being oh honest, it was God. like, and is she going to die? Single mum bringing her up Single mum, yeah, and everything. And every morning I'd wake up and my comfort food was jam on toast because I just used to wake up and think I'll have me jam on toast and I'll just gather me thoughts. Mm. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but so I just needed a bit of respite. So Kate said to me, oh, why don't you, um, why don't you have, you know, Chris's mum's looking for a job. She's been a carer, blah, blah, blah. Why don't you have Debbie come round and, you know, she can look after Ava. So what happened was through the art of conversation and being in John Haynes's wonderful group, I started to build relationships locally. And people were saying to me, what have you done in the past then? So you had to do presentations. They were like, You've done what? And then you've run this you've company. You've got a real you know, CV that you do keep. You're very modest, Kate. Well, so by all means, share yeah, it. Briefly I, share it with us. Go on. Oh, I've been in sales since I flunked out of university. Um, and I've been probably one of whatever I've been involved with and I've been like top salesperson in, in my roles within, within like Why sales. do you think that is? I think it's down to feeling like I had to overachieve constantly. I went through a huge failure in university, the first failure of my life. I was the first one to go to uni apart from my dad and the family. Yeah. What it was, was it was like, you know, mismatched skills mm. and not the right career guidance. I don't know whether it was different back when we went to university. It was like you were just glad that you went into uni and mm. you had a, you know, you weren't paying for it. You know, you were going to uni and, you know, it was a business management degree in UMIS, which was quite hard to get into. I got offered at London School of Economics and I got offered at UMIS and I went for UMIS in Manchester because it was local. It yeah. wasn't too I went far. to Manchester because it was local. Yeah. Same thing. So and I was the first to go as well. Yeah, so and you do look, I frankly, from my perspective, I did law. Um, and I just thought that's what you had to do to, to become a lawyer. Actually, you don't yeah. have to do it to become a lawyer. Yeah. Even it's even more advanced now through apprenticeships and all kinds. It's incredible yeah. how it's advanced. But it, it I think it was it was a bit of a leveler for me actually in terms of I did get through it but I didn't get through it easily. Did you not? It was hard. Yeah. Because I think we were be we were away from home. We'd never had anyone who'd been before. Yeah. And I think it was all new, wasn't it? Like yeah. totally new yeah. to us. Yeah. Totally. Um, I I meeting new people and yeah. You really were exposing yourself when we'd been so used to just being in our own little families worlds. and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I look back now and. Everyone had me on a pedestal. My family were quite a socially well-known family. You know, you you go into uni, you have a credibility to upstand, you know, and to then fail two subjects in the first year and be told that you had to reset the whole year. 
I just felt like I had no option. Mm. I had to reset the year. And so I got a job, mm. stayed in Manchester, I had built friendships. And did it knock your confidence? Confidence? Oh, my yeah. God, to this day. So you're asking me why I feel like I have to overachieve. Mm. I think it's down to that experience where I felt felt like I wasn't good enough. I felt, you know, out of my depth. If I look back now and if I was talking to Ava and having a conversation with her, I'd be saying, but Ava, you're not, a, you're not an economic... You're not an economist. You are not a degree-level math student. You are a marketeer, and I'm a marketeer mm. naturally by nature. I'm a business but entrepreneur. you didn't know that at the time? I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. But, you know, I was doing degree-level maths, degree-level A-levels. I hadn't I hadn't done the A-level of that. Mm. And I'd done something which was quite a guinea pig. You know, so I was like a guinea pig. We'd done the first HND at sixth form level rather than A-levels. And it was all about marketing presentations, everything that, everything that I excel at. I loved it. I'd gone from this environment where I just got the highest marks out the whole of the school, you know, for what we were doing, you know. Um, and I felt like on such a high, goes to university. And I thought, oh, my God, big lecture theatre, teaching me maths, teaching me economics. What mistake have I made? So I'd come to the resolution at the end of the two years when I did pass the two exams, which were economics and maths. I did pass them, but I just decided I'm not putting two years into this course, which was quite a big decision. And I went home with my tail between my legs, which took a lot of courage. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's had a massive impact on my life. It's certainly a bit of a passion of mine. It's probably something that maybe I'll get you to come back and we'll do. A, we could do a whole podcast on about yeah. education. Oh, massive, yeah. Because I actually don't think it's evolved that much since that time. And I do think there is that still sense of mismatch that yeah. kids are expected to go. And, yeah. and I don't think it's um, set up in the right way in terms of to suit the real world. I think there's oh, more yeah. courses now that are that are available. But I still think there's an element of snobbery in oh. terms of the academic. Massive. But anyway, yeah. we, that's something that we can yeah. park because I know me and you could be here. Oh, all day yeah. So I'm trying that. to bring it back background to Kate so she said to me you know um would you um work for me one one to two days a week and this was um this we had conversations and stuff and this was in the September August September 2018 and I was really busy then I had like national companies on a local level wanting me to consult I was in and you know decent money and what have you and I said yeah no I'd love to I'd love to help you with this blah 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 so I started with her, we did a bit of strategy, we, you know, what, you know, talking to her about what her aims were in the business and such like as you do when you, you know, you're starting to really dig deep into, you know, what what the actual business owner wants and then giving them advice. And anyway, it just um it just started off there, a lovely, you know, working relationship to then in the November. We got the news that she had secondary cancer, secondary breast cancer. And it just, she'd started becoming a little bit more unwell. Um, and how I, re- how I describe my relationship with Kate is we were like, I probably spent more time with her than I did my own husband mm-hmm. for like a period of eight months. So from that point on, I felt like I was on, I was running a marathon every day because I knew it was terminal. And I knew that I had to do everything I could for her in a period of time, every day, like she was leaving. Make her feel because this woman, you know, yeah. she. I've got the utmost respect for her because, you know, we can we can decide like I decide to work seven days a week. That's not for everyone. That's something that's in me. 
I can't help my DNA. I just can't switch off from business seven days a week. Sounds strange, but that's the way I am. Put eternal illness in the mix. Would I still want to do that? She worked literally solidly with me morning, noon and night. I mean, obviously we can't speak for Kate, but you you can as best you can. Do you think it's probably it was the distraction that really helped her? Yeah, I think maybe. I think maybe. As I say, we can't speak for her, but yeah. she was so determined to leave a legacy for yeah. her daughter and I will forever have the, the most utmost respect for her. Mm. So then we lost her in the March and... Um, you know, we weren't expecting it. It wasn't something I spoke to her on the Friday. We were waiting for the mail online to drop. A lovely Liverpool girl, Ali Phillips, who's a, you know, a friend. Yeah. She helped me get us into the mail online. And um, Kate was like, you know, on the phone, every five, six, have you heard anything? Have you heard anything? I said, no, I haven't heard nothing yet. And, and in terms of context, how long was this before she's passed away? This is the week before. Oh, my goodness. So um, oh so God. the Thursday. I've got goosebumps. Yeah, the Thursday. Okay. And then the the Friday, she phones me and takes pictures from the ambulance as she's going in to hospital. And then that was the last I spoke to her. So, so it dropped. The mail online dropped. Um, so Chris phoned me on the Saturday, the Sunday morning, early hours. And then I, I just had to get out of the house and I went into TK Maxx, believe it or not. And this woman offered me a chair to sit down because the mail online dropped the article in on the Sunday. And then they had to re, you know, repost the article and change it because she passed. And they did that. They were fantastic. But she was waiting for that and she wasn't here to enjoy it. I always say, you know, your decisions are made from your circumstances. I do think that they power an awful lot of how you process things, how you communicate things, you know, whether you're you know, in a very stressful situation, whether you are in a panic mode, you know. She was, um, she was, yeah, she was in a, in a state of determination um, for them last months like you wouldn't believe and you talk about communication you know we just communicated consistently and that is what gave her the the drive to mm-hmm. and it, you know it just and it yeah, also created sorry. an incredibly I'm just take, take your time but it also created an incredibly successful brand Oh yeah, I mean, and yeah it did and it, it has did. created a legacy and I know that that's going to grow yeah um so in terms of moving forward, what's happened since then? Um, the first 12 months were horrendous, I'll be honest with you. Um, well, because you were grieving. Yeah, it wasn't just that. It was like, you've got this brand, there's a huge responsibility. Yeah. It's not just about skincare, it's about a cancer journey, it's about a legacy, it's about protecting that legacy, it's about ensuring her wishes are you know, brought to fruition. You know, um, you know, there were times where I thought, you know, this isn't my family and I and this isn't my business. But yeah, I'm working seven days a week and all my family were like sort of drafting in, you know, when we had huge mm-hmm. sales, you know, all coming in, helping because everyone wanted it to succeed. That was around me. Um, my best friend, Catherine. You know, I got here in to do the customer care. It's very much... Uh, everyone rallied. Everyone rallied around mm. us. Catherine, you know, we were like a cottage industry at first, really. Then in the structure of sales and understanding how to be with people and communicate with people, 
started probably from when I had my first conversations with my grandfather in his social club. You know, he was an amazing communicator through stories, but like John Haynes, you know, wonderful character. People really liked him no matter what age they were. And I always remember him saying to me, you will learn how to be a communicator behind that bar. And that's where I learned how to communicate, how to treat people. Yeah, bar work is, situations. Is, is brilliant. That's really character yeah. building, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I work behind a bar. I've also worked in a restaurant. My daughter now works yeah. in a restaurant. And it's, it, it, I mean, the hospitality sector, you know, hats off to them. They've been through the toughest, everyone's been through a tough time, but I think the yeah, hospitality definitely. sector in particular. Yeah. And it's a hard slog, but my God, is it character building? Oh, and in yeah. terms of communication, yeah. It's yeah. absolutely essential. It I think is. it's an essential it foundation is. It for is. life. I'd, really. I'd, I'd encourage every young person yeah. to go and get a bar job or wait on. Absolutely. Because, I you know, you. dealing with people, maybe you've had too much to drink, you know, being able to. Exactly. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> Again, it comes back to the art of communication, doesn't it? I so never what are those up. conversations in your head, Kate? What, what's the first thing? Is there anything that you that you consciously do to sort of calm the scramble down? I mean, there's so much going on in there. I can feel it even from just your energy. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's just, what is it that keeps you sane? Is it the distraction? What is it when you're juggling everything? You are a multitasker. multitasker. You are the yeah, multitasker. Plate spinning, Plate, all that. Multitasker. Yeah, but it you does know, come at a price, do you not think? Massive price. And I said to you, didn't I, for 10 weeks, I, I don't, you know, my diet has totally changed. Um, I had that conversation in my head that if I don't stop, I am going to feel the effects of my health. Mm. So I have sort of took a little bit more time out from Kate McIver. If I said to you that I've only had three days full off since I started in November 2018, would you be shocked? Extremely shocked. So I have. I, I mean, I know you work hard, but that that doesn't sound healthy to me. No, it's kids. not. So, so who's going to do it? Who's going to do it when you're starting a business and you're in a business startup? I'm going to chant you. Do you need to look after yourself yeah. to look after others? Yeah. And that's a, that's a oh, lesson massive, I a learning massive. curve I've been on. But I've had the you know the transition of you know, I've remarried, you know, I've now got a bit of a safety net that I never had. Yeah. And that, I suppose, has given me the strength to pause. Oh, and it's, it's a real conscious decision yeah. and it doesn't yeah. come easy because yeah. we are kind of similar. But I, it's that, a gift. That's, that's it's a, a real gift. learning. Don't you find that that's a gift that you've been given that time to pause? Yeah. It's Absolutely. A, it's a I feel gift. incredibly blessed. Yeah. I'll yeah. be honest. No, I, I get that. So I got married. So my my husband is a really hard worker through times when I needed him to, through Kate McIver, when the 12 months of of complete uncertainty and what have you, um, he would be going out working weekends to subsidise our income. I, if I'd have been on my own, I could not have done the situation with Kate McIver. You know, I couldn't have, I couldn't have, you know, been in the business and been affording to do what I, I had to do to keep it going. I couldn't have done that without his support. So there lies, you know, my stability. Mm. Um, and, and not but, only that, but not only financial, but emotional. Oh, stability. massive, massive. I mean, that's the other. Yeah, he's my biggest thing. You uh, couldn't do yeah. it if he did, wasn't it? Holding you up emotionally, I'm guessing. A million percent. So I've got, obviously, my family I'm really close to, my dad, my mum, my aunties, you know. I'm so you've got so a real close. good network. Oh, I'm so blessed. Family, yeah. I'm so blessed with their support. And my Do you open did. up to them? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, that's what gets me through. Okay. Communication. That's interesting. Because, um, you know, uh, 
you know, my uncle Dickie, you know, I'll go and talk to him over certain things and I'll be completely honest and he'll give me a very pragmatic, he's a very successful businessman himself, but he'll say, right, this is this is how you move forward with that case. I might not take his advice. But you don't filter got, it and I've choose. Got, I've got yeah. like sort of them you people. Don't, you trust them. Yeah, and That's also I've got thing. successful people around me. Okay, my dad may not be in the financial situation that he was, but my God, has he done it and got the T-shirt? So I can always, you know, get advice from him. My uncle Dickie is very stable financially. And so he gives me great, you know, advice my aunties are like my second and third mum. Mm. And I've got my cousin Sophie, who's like a sister. And have they all been in business as well? So my auntie, they've all been in sales. Okay. So always work very hard for everything they've got. My cousin um, Sophie is like my, you know, my confidence and everything. She's actually um, right-hand woman to Steve Bartlett, you know, the new dragon. Um, so he's she's always sensational. Isn't yeah, he, he is. Incredible he's incredible. Success. He's an amazing guy. Yeah. yeah. So she's right hand to him. So we've got. I've got people that I can talk to on a level business wise. That you know. And then I've got a great network. I've got like you in my life, and I can always talk to you. And but it's about honing down on. Is it is it reactionary or is it planned conversation? Is it oh my god, it's all. Is it do you only open up when you're overwhelmed or do you actually is it considered conversation? Oh no, it's definitely considered. That's good. A million percent. Well, that Sometimes, makes me feel a bit better. Yeah, no, it is. It's considered conversation and it's yeah. like sort of you know structured and I need to talk to you about this. Sometimes life is reactionary, yeah. so there might be something that like I'm having to fight a fire that particular day you know but having mental strength and telling yourself that this is only a period of time and I think that's this is what you learn from circumstances that have happened in the past whether it be Ava whether it be the situation at university whether it be other struggles that I've had you know being a single mum whatever it's only a moment in time things will pass and I think that's how mentally I deal with things now I try and deal with things on a day-to-day basis I look at things in a very I mean I don't know about you but I say my prayers every night some people may laugh or whatever but I say thank you for everything I've got and I always have done and even when I sit down to a meal I always say thank you in my head and I sometimes verbalize it and they all laugh at me around the table but I am very grateful for the basic things in life. I'm not wanting to be a multimillionaire, but what I want is when I think of an opportunity, I want to execute it. And that's why my head's always, you know, spinning. Spinning, yeah, because I've got about a million ideas. Yeah, well, gratitude is incredibly (laughs) important, isn't it? And it's really powerful. And I mean, you say you you describe it as prayers, which is really interesting, yeah, isn't it? Because yeah. instinctively, if you think prayers, you think God or whatever. But yeah. just it's whatever you believe in, isn't it? Yeah. And having that gratitude it probably recenters you, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. On what's important in life yeah. when, when yeah. there's chaos around you, bring percent. it back to the basics. Yeah, it especially is. around obviously health. Yeah. And, and, you know, like you say, food on the table, a yeah. roof over our head. Yeah, yeah. If we do need to remind ourselves. And I think often we're very guilty of forgetting about the basics. John Haynes used to talk about that. He used to talk about that all the time. Once you take away someone's foundations and the home, things are in a dire situation. Whereas when you're a single mum and you're having to pay all the bills and you want the best for your child, you've always got this nervousness of not being able to provide Absolutely, that. Absolutely, I know and that it's feeling. the worst feeling it is, yeah. in the world. 
And when Ava was also a massive driver, though. And that driver seems to go through some tough times. But there was also a time, Kate, when not speaking up and not communicating how you were feeling led to some sad consequences, didn't it? It will take you back to university um, the first year and then failing. And I then got a job. And because I was so miserable, I started you know, eating loads because it's a treat within our family, you know, to love our grub mm. and stuff. So I went and got a job. And I met this girl who again looked like a model. We sat there at all this pizza and she walked up the stairs and come back down. I said, you know, like, I don't know where you put all your food. My God, look at you. And she went, oh, I don't. She said, I'll just throw up. I was miserable as sin. Did not know where I was going with this course. And I just felt like I'd lost complete control. Yeah. That's the thing, control. And, I and did you were it. away from your family. Yeah. And they, they're your rock, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So they're you're huge probably part trying to be independent, but yeah. you weren't quite ready. Yeah, I just I just so lost. I was so lost, but not able to tell somebody that I was that lost. Mm. I was feeling the failure mm. as well. So I tried it because I'd had loads to eat. We'd all had a party, whatever, and I tried it. And then all of a sudden it became a habit. And the habit that I can say when I overate and then purged it was nothing to do with weight at first at first and then society because I came then I went from like what was a 14 to a size 8 very very quickly then people started saying you look, you look amazing. amazing look amazing mm, and you get that gratification oh massive so people think that when you are thin you are happy mm. but I wasn't I didn't even it was nothing to do with that whatsoever so I came back from university and my secret was embedded and I became a prisoner in my own mind for six years. That long, okay. six years, yeah. And then it, the next question yeah. to follow up is, how did it come to an end? How did you take back control? I took back control because I was doing so well. I think I'd, I'd built my self-confidence back up. So I changed my focus from food to exercise and I was so healthy and that's really how I okay I transitioned my life and you talk about conversation in your head so you didn't talk to anybody about hardly the conversation I want to have with young people is I experienced it I've got over it I've been pretty successful in a shape or form very successful and you can do it too you can change your mindset and that is the conversation that I want to have with young people and there is so many young people out there that are like me like prisoners in their own mind you know not sharing not not able to you know to really portray how they're actually feeling it's difficult sometimes when you're young isn't it sharing how you emotionally feel well I was going to say I mean the statistics I've got here you in the UK alone 1.25 between 1.25 and 3.4 million are affected by an eating disorder 40 percent of those are affected by bulimia nervosa and the average onset age is 18 to 19. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're scary statistics. They're like they? sort of, that does not surprise me because it's that juncture where you are having that transition. Again, coming back to my, my the thing I bang on about is schools do not prepare our kids for real life at all. No. I? I mean, okay, there is an element of structure and foundation and safety, but they don't prepare no. them for no. university or the real world, as yeah. I would describe. And even then, university can't really be described as the real world. You know, it has, you, again, it has yeah. its benefits. If you if you had a school that taught meditation, taught well-being, yeah. 
taught about self-love, mm. about creating boundaries, about acceptance of other people, we would be living in a different society. Absolutely. And also yeah, as yeah. well, if we had an a, a, if we had the confidence to tell our kids to do what they love. Absolutely. And you know, our kids you know, I think they get a bad press. I mean, I know, again, we're very passionate because we've got kid, Hannah, my daughter's the same age and they've missed out on so massively, much, they? Massively. They've missed, I mean, again, I get really upset because I just think, you know, they've missed out on memories, haven't they? Yeah. And, and creating those memories yeah. of being that age. That's the age when you go, oh, do you remember when? Yeah. You yeah. know, when you have a conversation oh, at our yeah. age, you instinctively oh. look back. Okay, I, you know, you, you didn't have the best time at 18, but... Yeah, certainly as a younger teenager, I didn't have the best time at 18, if I'm honest. But at least we can look back to it as a massive period of learning. Yeah. Whereas they've just so that's almost been taken away from Massively. them, hasn't it? I mean, and we 16, are sitting on yeah. a potential new pandemic. Oh, we are. We are. A mental health time bomb. Yeah. Um, you know, between 16 and 18, you're finding your feet, you're testing out what it's like going to town. You, yeah. you know, you've got your little Saturday job, you know, you're starting to fund your own like sort of makeup, your hair, you know, whatever it may be. You're starting to really find your responsibility and where, you know, you can impact your life. You know, our kids haven't even had time to even have a job, you know, or to go off and experience what it's like to have their own, you know, independence and festivals and and, and all that. I mean, we don't know when it's coming back. The world is slowly opening up again for something. It tells me it's just, it's not going to be the experience, is it, that they should have had? No, definitely not. And they're not going to get that time back. And my concern with Ava moving into university as a huge transition, she hasn't even had the preparation and the independence, you know. Look at home yeah, and again exactly. that's changed their, their mind's health I mean this safe at home yeah but like you say then I mean Hannah again it's really interesting how our paths cross Kate because Hannah's going off to Manchester yes yeah, so um, and do fashion and business that's really yeah. interesting and but Hannah had the chance to go to London yeah and I think because she's been home we had that conversation I certainly didn't try to influence her because you've got to you want to be a guide but don't tell them what to do of course. um but the University of Arts London you know but you know I know for Hannah, I think definitely this year at home, I think she was very sensible in her consideration. But again, it's a shame. Not a shame because I'm really proud that she's going to Manchester, but it's definitely affected her decision making. Yeah, definitely. Um, but what it's, she said to me was, Mum, I know I'm independent, but I know I still need you. Yeah, and, which is and, nice. And, 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 and so she, like, they're going, but they're not too far away, are yeah. they? Yeah, no, I I'm happy that she's only going there. I mean, and I actually thought that she would take a step back after the having you know she was admitted to hospital and it was a scary time because she was you know fitting in front of the friends and what have you and I just thought my dread was you know going to you know Manchester me not being there yeah not being there and doing it in a you know in a room or whatever but she said to me after a week of her contemplating having conversations in her her, her own head scouting me coming out there her own head yeah. um she said to me mum I am not gonna let this beat me and I was like lumping me throat mm, and she I gets that from you know what you, doesn't she that you know tenacity of oh, resilience. honestly she's just done an installation in which I think you've seen amazing in, it's, I was gonna bring that up Rare actually School of college now she taught herself how to tile she did a great big mosaic and it was a self-portrait and it was called broken and it was basically that that her art is the glue that kept her together. Wow. All of those little broken pieces have made her what she is today. And um, yeah, I felt very, very proud of her. 
Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, she's now going to go and do what she loves. Exactly. And, I, and, yeah. and again, I'm very, I think because we've had that foresight, we've had our own experiences and we've brought those experiences to our kids. Yeah. Um, but not only they've sort of listened to us, even though they, they probably never, <laughs> they never openly admit no. it. We know that we've had an influence yeah. because of what we've been through. So yeah. again, that's the positive that's come from it. But I also think it's important that we listen to our kids, that we don't just talk to them, that we, yeah. that we, you know, I think, and again, I sort of get a little bit irritated by people saying, oh, they're always on the phone. It's not the same, but they still <laughs> want to communicate. Yeah, they are yeah. on their phone, but they're communicating in the new age in the way. way that they are, yeah. um, and again, there's a whole debate around social media and an image but I'm talking about conversation yeah um, and I think kids definitely want to talk to, to to older people and they will I think they do listen yeah if we take the time to to make sure we have those conversations yeah. you know I've, don't, I've don't just, shut yourself yeah, down because definitely. the kid's on a phone you know I, I do think that I've had to like um an experience with a new coach recently which has made me look at things quite differently and I think I've spoken to you about this she believes that we shouldn't give too much advice as in yeah. we shouldn't be on at them all the time. We should let them find the path because their journey is their journey. Absolutely. And if you look back at when we were younger, did we listen to our mums? Okay, we wish we had of. Many, many, many circumstances, my mum's communication, I wish I'd have listened to every single word. But <laughs> at that time, you don't do no. it. You know, it's over I don't head. know. I think some of it probably sinks in, even though, you, like I was subliminally. saying, subliminally. <laughs> subliminally. Listen to the subconscious. Yeah. But I think what I'm learning is that it's for us to be a bit, coming back to your experience with bulimia, that you've opened up to your family and Ava and to me today, it's about sharing your vulnerabilities, isn't oh, it? It's God, not about massive. telling them what to do. It's about showing them yeah. that it, you've had a tough time too, and yeah. you've got you've and having that grown up conversation yeah. with them because they can teach us a thing or two oh, massively. You know, massively. without a doubt, you know yeah. that they've got so much knowledge at their fingertips. Yeah, and I think we all just need to be a little bit more honest with our kids but it's crazy like my dad has had a few circumstances in his life where you know business wise and who do you think has been the voice of reason your mum even though she's not a businesswoman yeah so here like but she's very perceptive clearly her, her questioning of a situation saved my dad's life practically in our home at one point and it was only what she said that made him think differently and he went, you know what, Chris, you're right. And it saved us from losing our home. Okay, and that else. is my mum yeah. who has got no business background mm. but just thought practically about a situation. Well, and and they do say common sense, don't they? Yeah. Um, sometimes we overthink and overanalyze and yeah. the answer's right in front of Definitely. our noses. Go for a walk and think it out. That's the other thing. Yeah, take just a step back, take, take a, a big back. deep breath. And that's what your mum was obviously just watching from from a distance, wasn't yeah. she? And observing. She's yeah. probably there's probably more she probably could have said, but she picked her moment, didn't she? And yeah. probably because she was quiet, and she's picked her moment, it's made it even more powerful. So what advice would you give to your younger self now? I would say to my younger self, you know, you are good enough, and you don't need to put yourself through this, and you're not a failure. And if I could hug myself when I was little, 
at like, well, I was little when I was younger at 18, I'd give myself a big hug and reassure me. I think the thing is, is just always, you know, always say, yes, I can in your head instead of no, I can't. And that will drive you through each day. It's like even, you know, when Ava was really poorly, I used to wake up and I'd go, oh my God, I don't know whether I can face another night of that, but you do and you can because you're a mum and you get on with it, don't you? And, you know, it's these times in your life that you have to have that mental capacity to drive yourself forward and drive yourself on. But yeah, I mean, Kate, it's honestly, it's just, it's just, I could just keep talking to you all day. Sorry. <laughs> Not at all. I'm just going to round up. I've tried to write a few little things down that you've said. Yeah. One of the big things for me is about how you, you too can change your mindset. You don't have to be a prisoner in your head. And I think that was just so powerful for me. You're a shining example. I mean, you've mentioned John Haynes. Obviously, you've lost people in your life who are incredibly influential to you. You talk about your granddad and you've talked about John and obviously um, very recently um, with the beautiful Kate. And, you know, they're, they're shining on through you. I want to thank you so much for just sharing such a powerful story um, and stories in the story. I mean, there were so many in there. We could have gone off and we slightly did, but it doesn't Sorry matter. Sorry about that. Don't be <laughs> That's because you get to our age. Uh, you know, yeah. we can, and you think menopausal. Well, there is that. That's again a whole other podcast. Yes, but you—it's very difficult to summarise yeah. because we've got that much experience yeah. in so many different areas yeah. that it, it. When somebody says to you, "Oh, tell us about you," you sort of—I can't help but just go. Where do I even begin? Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Yeah. You're doing amazing, by the way. Amazing. The simple yet powerful art of conversation and communication should never be underestimated. And I would love to hear your thoughts and feedback, either via the contact form on my website, talkontowalkon.com, or on my Instagram, at michellewalters underscore. Also, I'd be thrilled if you could help the Power of Conversation message to reach as many people as possible. To help achieve this dream and so that you never miss an episode of Talk On To Walk On, please rate, review and subscribe, remembering that the simplest act can have the largest impact.